hymn number 98. We're on Glory Be to Jesus. We'll take a look at stanza three and four this evening. Blessed through endless ages, be the precious stream, which from endless torment did the world redeem. All right, we've got a precious stream. What do we got going on in this stanza? Blessed be the precious stream. What is it? Christ's blood. Um, Throughout the ages, the blood of Christ, which from endless torment did the world redeem? So, his blood redeemed the world. Uh, Precious stream that uh, hasn't run out continues to uh, flow for us, uh, for all throughout time. Um, There was an endless torment. That's a reference to... (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's hell. Um, So, taking us from that endless uh, torment... Uh, we now oh, have a, a new road that we are placed on. It is one that has a, a eternal glory at the end. And so uh, God has provided this. How does it come? It comes by the means of grace so that what he accomplished for us on the cross uh, might be endlessly uh, delivered, uh, as well as through the sacrament of his body and blood that he has given Stanza four. Abel's blood for vengeance. Abel's blood for vengeance. Pleaded to the skies. But the blood of Jesus. For our pardon cries. Abel's blood. Well, Cain killed Abel. Um, and we know that his uh, blood, as it said, was shed, and uh, God came and said, your blood is crying out to me from, from the ground, um, pleaded to the skies. But we have another one, uh, another person's blood, Jesus' blood. But the blood of Jesus uh, cries out for our pardon. So one uh, cries out that he might be, uh, seek, there might be vengeance against what he has done, a righting of the wrong. Um, in fact, that's what Cain was, uh, was worried about, um, worried that someone might kill him for what he has done. And so we have the blood of Jesus. Questions? All right, stanza three and stanza this evening.
Blessed through endless ages be the precious stream which from endless torment did the world redeem. Abel's blood for vengeance pleaded to the skies, but the blood of Jesus for your pardon cries. In the sacrament of the altar, we're on the fourth stanza. We've gone through what it is, the second, uh, fourth stanza, fourth question. Uh, the first deals with uh, what is it? The second, where is it written? Are the words of institution? Uh, the third dealt with the benefit, as we spoke last uh, Wednesday. Uh, so now, the question is how? Uh, how can bodily eating and drinking do such great things? Um, normally, bodily eating and drinking <laughs> don't give you forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Uh, but here they do. So how can it do such great things? Repeat after me. Certainly not just eating and drinking. Do these things. But the words written here. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the bodily eating and drinking, are the main thing in the sacrament. Whoever believes these words has exactly what they say. Forgiveness of sins. So, in each one of these questions, we have the first that says, what is it? And then we get to the words of institution. But with question three and question four and question five, Luther repeats the words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Each one of those um, has that sentence uh, in the answer. What's the benefit? And he goes back to, well, the words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And he goes on to talk about there's life and salvation where the forgiveness is. And then with this one, we say, well, how can this happen? And he says, well, these words, what about these words? Hmm. They have the promise. This is where God is giving us a promise. Um, and so, of course, it's not just bodily eating, not just eating and drinking do these things, because we know that eating and drinking don't, don't do that of themselves. Um, when someone says, oh, 
when, when you come up and, and uh, take Lord's Supper and, and you guys believe that you get forgiveness of sins, you're just doing a work. You're doing a work and then you're getting forgiveness. That's just kind of like a works righteous kind of thing. And what do we say? God commands us to do this and we get from it exactly what it says to give. Exactly what it says. Um, sure, he told me to do this. Not as a way of earning, you know, uh, um, oh, you're doing this, oh, why, you know. Uh, you're not earning anything, you're receiving. Right, exactly. So, what God is doing, he's not telling us here's a work to do that you can kind of offer up to me. Oh, I did this, God, aren't you really happy? He's saying, here's where you get the gift you're receiving. And so, where do I get it? Well, you get it right up here, eating and drinking. That's where the reception goes on. That's where you're getting the stuff. It's the same thing when we talk about baptism. Um, baptism is also where God's giving out his gifts and we go to receive it. Jane? Exactly. Um, and so when we say, you know, God made a promise of forgiveness of sins, you're right. They don't really believe there's forgiveness of sins. So if you take the forgiveness of sins away, you know, Mark gave me two answers to that question. He said, well, God told me to do that. And then he promised forgiveness. Well, if you take away, I don't believe the promise of forgiveness, then all you have is then all you have is God told me to do it. So all I have is obedience and it becomes simply my work of obeying God, so you're right, you take that away. Um, that's, that's what you're left with. No, what do we say here? We say, well, it's not just eating and drinking, but I've got the words written here. I've got the promise. I've got where God has told me what he is uh, giving out. He said it's for the forgiveness of sins. And so where this is, is done, that's, that is the receiving. Um, goes on to say these words, and then it goes on to say, along with the bodily eating and drinking... Um, you know, if God tells you I'm giving out forgiveness here so that you'll receive it, when I have Lord's Supper, do you want to sit down and not come up? Well, you'd go, well, well no, that, that's not where you receive it. He just told you where the receiving is going on. And so the words, along with the receiving of that, following the promise, uh, laying a hold of the of the promise that God has said. Uh, that's the main thing. What do we get? We get exactly what God has promised. Uh, faith trusts in, in the words. Um, I have nothing else to go on. Uh, someone comes and says, well, I, I would think, I would think that you could, you know, you could probably just sit in the pew and you could probably get the same thing. Right. There's no faith. In other words, you're not trusting in, there's no faith in the words. In other words, you're putting your trust, your faith in your own, I would think that God would, well, maybe you would think that. But what did God tell us? Yeah, God told us something else. Um, and so with this uh, fourth question, it says, well, of course, God is giving out these gifts 
It's faith that comes forward and receives that very thing. Um, it's faith in the words. The words make it what it is. Uh, faith is the thing that is going to receive it from, uh, from God. Um, and so, yes, we do have that. Um, uh, with the Reformed churches, you have the obedience and uh, the obedience uh, alone. Um, Luther says that these sacraments are signs of God's grace. <laughs> that is, God has given us a pledge. Mm, that's what he means when he says a sign. He has given us a pledge where he says, I promise um, this, so that when you receive it, you can know that God desires you to have that forgiveness of sins. Um, he wants that to happen. Uh, the Lord has provided it so that you might have the assurance of God's uh, grace, signs of his uh, uh, grace. It's not simply... Now, if, if I come up, you might say, and... Uh, uh, oh, let's, let's, let's deal with it in, with an, an analogy and then we'll come back to it. Um, if I... Uh, come in here and uh, go on into my office. One of you comes in and goes on into my office and grabs a, uh, a robe and, and, and puts it on and comes out and sits down. Do you, do you know that I want you to have the robe? <laughs> do you know that you're supposed to have it? Well, no. What had happened? Well, you just took it yourself. Um, but if I go and get it and bring it to you and say, here, put this on, now you've got a, a, a sign and assurance that I want you to have it. With the words of institution, the Lord tells us what's going on here. And does he want us to have it? How do we know? He says so. Given and shed for you. For you. Um, this is his invitation. This is what he wants uh, uh, to happen. And so then, to receive this, um, we say, ah, I know that God has given me forgiveness, and he desires me to have this. I didn't just come up and take what wasn't mine. I took what the Lord was promising and what was uh, being given out. Uh, so these things can be a, not just, and what would be the other? The other would be, I'm going to use Lord's Supper as a sign that I love God. Well, okay, coming forward and you might say, you know, see, I'm showing God that I love him. We say, no, no, no. When you come and receive Lord's Supper, what? It's a sign that, that God loves you. It is his sign towards us. That's what is it intended to be. Now, um, to take it to the end, Cecil says, this is about the receiving of the gift. Well, if God says, I want to give it to you, and you come forward to receive it, the highest worship and praise of God... 
is to receive his gifts. And so it does show how much you love God. Of course, because why? You're receiving what he provided in his son and the forgiveness and all. Um, But it can only be a sign of my love when it first is a sign of his love towards me first. Then it can be the other. Without that, uh, um, my love may just be my idea and, and, and what I'm doing. All right, Um, we're going to do the Bible passage this evening. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. The man without the Spirit spirit. does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. A man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them, for because they are spiritually discerned. Hmm. Because they are spiritually discerned. What about this? Spiritually discerned. The only way that you can accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, the spiritual things, is you have to be able to discern that they are such. How do we discern spiritual things? Hmm. By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. That is absolutely true. <laughs> tells us in his word. The Holy Spirit works through the word to tell us what? What God's doing? What's going on? Um, Without it, it wouldn't make any sense. Now we've got our natural knowledge. We've got a little bit of idea that there's a creation. There must be a creator. We know that there are things that are right and wrong. We have a conscience written upon our heart. Um, From that point, how much further can we go? That, that's it. That's the end. That's the end of that rope. Uh, um, now, um, in truth, I want to see who that God is. Um, well, God is revealing that in his word. That's where he's telling us about this. Um, often what happens, though, is once again, I have my ideas about how God ought to be and what he ought to say and what he ought to do. And so then I kind of judge him according to that. No, that's the problem with the man without the Spirit of God, why doesn't he accept the things that come from the Spirit of God? Because God doesn't do things the way that I do, I think, and the way that I do. I think he ought to come riding on a stallion, and he comes riding in on a donkey. You know, I think he ought to uh, um, bless me in every way, and yet I see suffering and affliction. What about that? Um, so yeah, the things that come from the Spirit, unless they are spiritually discerned, unless you are discern those, and the way that happens is through the Word. Um, that's where the Spirit is explaining, teaching, revealing, uh, so that we can make a, a proper uh, judgment concerning those, those things. Um, Tonight we'll be taking a look at the gospel reading in which Jesus has a Canaanite woman who comes to him 
and things, I'm just going to say, don't go the way you might think they should, um, especially after having uh, a reading a couple, week, couple weeks ago, but we'll get to that. Questions? Let's go ahead and light the candles and we'll begin. O oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O oh God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O oh Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, Lamb of our salvation. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. It's from Matthew chapter 15. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Here ends the reading. The hymn is hymn number 98. Glory be to Jesus, who in bitter pain poured for me the lifeblood from his sacred veins. Grace and life eternal in that blood I find. Blessed be his compassion infinitely kind. Blessed through endless ages be the precious stream which from endless torment did the world redeem. Thankful blood for vengeance pleaded to the skies 
but the blood of Jesus for our pardon cries. Oft as earth exulting wafts its praise on high, angel hosts rejoicing make their glad reply. Lift we then our voices, swell the mighty flood, louder still and louder, praise the precious blood. All right, Jesus is in the region of Tyr and Sidon. He's actually, you know, he, he doesn't leave the land of, of Israel, the promised land, but he's, he's skirting the sides of it, and it shouldn't surprise us that someone who is not a Jew, a Canaanite woman, one of Canaan, comes and, uh, and visits him. Uh, it says a woman of, of Canaan came from that region. Um, what is she doing? She is. She's asking him to heal his daughter. That means she must know something. Now, she's not a Jew. She doesn't have the word of God. Uh, probably hasn't been attending the synagogues or anything like that, or they wouldn't refer to her as a, as a Canaanite woman. So she must know something about Jesus. Where do you think she found this out? But she's a Gentile. She didn't have the word. Where does faith come from? <laughs> You're starting to see the problem here, aren't you? Um, normally, we wouldn't expect them. Now, the difference for me would be this. If someone was attending church and hearing the word, Liam, we'd say, well, yeah, they ought to know this. But what if someone who doesn't attend church has this knowledge? You go, huh, how'd that happen? Someone else, someone who heard the word, told her. Or maybe she did happen to hear Jesus preaching and teaching. I don't know. But, but it's just unusual. It's surprising um, that, that this woman uh, uh, has this. How much knowledge do we know that she has? She's asking for help. What does she say? Not pretty, please. Well, he's the son of David. What does that mean? That means she knows he's the Messiah. Yes. So she must know uh, 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 quite a bit already. Um, she must know that David, who was a Jewish king, that he had a promise that one of his children would be the Messiah, and so she's calling him the son of David. That's pretty impressive. She also knows he's merciful. She also knows to ask for mercy, right? Um, and... Last thing, there's only one thing left, Liam. What else? She calls him. Lord. She calls him Lord. Um, I, 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 maybe it could, it could simply be a term of respect that you might call someone sir or whatever. But in the context of Son of David and the concept of asking mercy and all of this, I mean, this definitely appears to be referring to him as, as God come in the flesh. I mean, uh, wow, this is the Son of God. And she's crying out for this, 
this is just surprising. Um, and here she comes. Now, a couple things. Because she's not a Jew, she's a Canaanite, a woman of, 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 of the land, they were probably suspicious. Um, the Jews didn't think much of the Canaanites. Usually they called them Samaritans, people of Samaria, same kind of region, kind of area. Why? Because they had some of God's word, but they mixed it with heathen kind of stuff. They were kind of a heterodox uh, uh, group of people in which they, they had the first five books of Moses, but they didn't have anything else. They didn't worship in Jerusalem. They worshipped on Mount Gerizim. They did, you know, there was some, some things like that that were really just kind of different. Um, if that's not enough, she's a woman. Society at this point, um, uh, the Christian teachings had not granted the great freedoms that... Uh, uh, that we grant to women. And so that she would uh, come and speak to Jesus. You might remember at another time he was speaking with a woman of the well and the disciples kind of go, what are you doing talking to her? You know, in public. Um, she comes right up to him. Um, does Jesus you know, treats her with the respect of anybody that, that would come up to him? Now, a couple Sundays ago, or a couple Wednesdays back, uh, we talked about it. It was the reading from a couple Sundays. A blind man. What did he cry out? Who's going by? Jesus of Nazareth. He said, Son of David. Same thing she, have mercy, same thing. And we said, whoa, he knows who he is. Uh, Liam, you say faith? Yep, she's got faith. She believes, she understands this is. And she asked for mercy. And what did Jesus do for the blind man? He did. I, I kept telling you, God loves it when we ask for mercy. Um, in fact, I told you, he stopped the parade. <laughs> you know, everybody goes, no, 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 be quiet, be quiet. Nope, stop the parade. That's it. This woman comes. Have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, son of David. She asked that her daughter might be healed. Does Jesus stop the parade? No. Does Jesus say, bring her to me? No, none of those things. And you wonder, what is going on? You know, pastor, I thought that you said Jesus loves it. You know, I mean, it doesn't even sound like Jesus. That's what is just crazy. Um, he answered her not a word. He gives her the silent treatment. Does she walk away? Not at all. She continues. Um, and it sounds like uh, uh, then she goes to the apostles as well to see if, well, they can get Jesus to answer. Hmm. And so the apostles decide, now, I, I would think at first, someone asking for mercy or whatever, you know, they kind of learned from the blind man, you know, but, but after a while, they're like, well, if you're not going to help her, what should they do? Send her away. Get her out of here. We're tired of her crying out after us. Does Jesus send her away? No. Now, uh, you can't quite tell in this gospel reading and the, and the corresponding one you can, 
that he actually answers the apostles. He's not talking to the woman. He hasn't talked to her yet. He was silent to her. And finally, the apostles say, send her away. She, you know, get her to stop. Get her out of here. Obviously, you're not going to help her. And he says to them, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Israel. Israel is God's, I mean, that term kind of like Jews. Um, It's the Israelites, God's people. What does it mean when he says the house of Israel? Hmm. Why the house of Israel? It was what? Yeah, um, it goes with a messianic promise. Similar with David. What did David want to do for God? Build him a house. Did God let David build him a house? No. And he said, your son. But what was the promise that was given? The promise was, is that I will build you a house. And it's definitely not, you know, though Solomon had a great temple, that's not the fulfillment. That's not the end. God was talking about a house being the church, being the believers, being his. And so God says, I'm going to build you a house. So Jesus said, it's the house of Israel. This is the one promised to David. And who was he sent to? I was sent not just to the uh, Israel, but to the house of Israel, and not just to the house of Israel, but he goes on to say, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Sheep. That's another term for God's people. But why lost sheep? What's this about? One, yeah, and so we have those who have fallen away. They're they're not following in it, um, and so Jesus says, you know, I was sent to. You might say, you know, you got a hundred sheep and one goes away. I'm, I was sent to bring those sheep back, to bring them back to the fold. And so He says to them, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But is she an Israelite? No, she's a Gentile. She's a Canaanite woman. Um, This doesn't sound good. If she's overhearing, if she's listening this exchange, why does Jesus say this to them? It's the response. Send her away. And he says, no. No, he doesn't say no. He says, I was sent. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It almost as if he is agreeing with them saying that was sent for the Jews only. Was he? Verse 25. She came and worshipped him. Hmm. She's not given up. She has faith. She's heard that he is loving and merciful. And she still believes it, despite her uh, him not saying anything to her. 
And when they say send her away, when he doesn't, she takes that also as a sign. Yep, he is promised. Uh, um, he is not. She continues, she worships, he is promised to do this. Uh, um, what is she asking for again? Mercy. She doesn't want what. Is she outside the group? Maybe. She, maybe she is outside the group. But that's not stopping her. But he answered and said, and this is what he says to her when she asks for, Lord, help me. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. The children's bread. As we would talk about the children of God, you know, this promise for those who are in, in and yet she is not. Uh, the Jews often referred to the Gentiles as dogs. Uh, uh, the, the literal word for uh, a dog is a kuon. Um, but when they talked about dogs, they were talking about wild dogs. They're talking about those who roamed and, 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 and did whatever, not domesticated kind of things. And so this was a term of disdain in which they would say, oh, the Gentiles, you know, they don't regulate their bodies. They, you know, uh, um, they don't regulate what they eat. They don't do it. They live like dogs. And you would think that he is simply putting her down. But he doesn't use the, the, the gross term for dogs as in those that roam the countryside. He uses the term for a house dog when it says the little dogs. He's talking about a domesticated, someone who is in the household and yet is not a child, is not one of the children. And so he says, you know, you don't, you don't take the children's food, prepare them some food, and give it to the house dog, to the little dog. Has she been listening? Yes. And what does she do? She grabs onto his words. She will not let it go. Um, th there has not been a point where she could grab. He was saying nothing when he said about the other. I, 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 there's not. But now she says, I've got you. You just gave me a promise. It sounded like a rebuke. But you were actually giving me a promise. Because if you tell me that the little dogs, and you're saying I'm a little dog, even the little dogs get the crumbs. They get the scraps. You can't not talk to me. You can't send me away. You have to at least give me the little dog portion because that's what you just called me. So if I am your house dog, you better take care of me. And she holds him to his word. Yes, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. At this point... Jesus, I'm going to say, pulls off the mask and shows his true nature to her. He said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Was Jesus loving and merciful? Yes. Did he want to help her from the very beginning? Yeah. Yes, he did. Um, but it sure didn't seem like it. Um, Hmm. So, what, what's going on? Was he trying to show his disciples in a very, what, graphic way that the church branches out into the whole world? 
You know, I, I absolutely, absolutely. And so what do I see? I see, I see some things here that, that let me know. And I'm going to say at a very base level, does Jesus give out to a Gentile, to those outside the Jews? Absolutely. And here he is, he is doing that. In fact, more than that, he tells her her faith is great. I set up earlier with Liam talking about how this woman was outside the church. She didn't have the word. She didn't have these things. And yet, what do we find? She has great faith. Um, she had it all along. Um, and yet this revealed it. This shows it. What do I have? We tend to think, well, I attend church, you know, all the time, and so I'm better than what, you know? Um, the Lord gives out faith. Yes, he gives it out in his word, and we need to be where the word is, and because that's his promise concerning that. Uh, but there are times in which God, hmm, through his word, grants, grants great faith. The things that come out of children, the things that uh, uh, young believers come to learn, um, you know, if the word of God comes out of someone's mouth, I need to listen to it. And so I think, uh, uh, yes, lest they would despise one of these other ones, I think more than that, not only does he accept them, sometimes the Gentiles far exceed even those who are in the church. They had the word and weren't listening to it. What word she had, wow, she held it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, be careful how you listen. I mean, this woman, obviously, what little word she had, faith held on to every word uh, of it. I think one even one more thing with, with those inside and outside. Um, I think that phrase, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In a very literal way, I explained it. But... Jesus later comes along and explains that we are all children of Abraham. Why? To children of Abraham are those who have faith. Who are the true house of Israel? Those who have faith. Who are, you know, is he excluding this woman? No. Provided you understand that what? She's, she's, she's of the house of Israel because of her faith. You bet. You bet. And, and does she show it immediately after that? What does she do? It says she worships him. That's the kind of thing you do when you're in the house of worship. I, wow. Um, she does what, an, what, a, what a believer would do. Pastor and then uh, Brian. I think it's interesting because the disciples say she's messing with their mind. Yes, Lord, yet even the little dog 
disciples, showing them where their error is, and giving her the assurance of his love. Brian? I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Why, why wouldn't they have said, you know, he's checking to see if they're going. He's helping people everywhere. And, you know, now they're going to, oh, she's not one of us. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I would agree. Uh, in fact, I wonder, as I mentioned before, when, when they say send her away, and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, is he telling them yes or no? <laughs> He's basically saying what they're saying. What they're <laughs> it sure sounds like it. You know. He wants them to realize where their error is. Right. I mean, I, I, I think he's giving, her the, giving them the reason why, no, I'm not going to send her away. I don't think he's agreeing with them at all. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's... So yes, this is, this is what we have. And so we have a, a remarkable story in which a believer, and as I said, you compare and contrast the blind man crying out, Lord, have mercy, and, and, and the help you, and this woman. They both get help. Um, we see this woman in the midst of what appears to be God saying no. Um, but but faith doesn't stop. Pastor? Yeah, I think when he does that, he's using a grammatical device that I call sarcasm. And he's saying to them, when did I ever do that? Well, why would I send her away? You guys are out of your head. Why would I do that? And then he, then he points out these problems in their lives. And she just keeps coming back. It appears as if he is not going to help. But you still ask God for mercy, and he goes ahead and gives what he didn't have to. Yeah, very good point. Uh, for us, for believers, um, many of you have been reading through the book of Job with our family, daily prayers, things of that sort. What do you have? You have a man who is righteous and upright and yet experienced great suffering and pain. Is it a punishment for his sin? No, it is not. Um, there are times in which we experience, we, are, we suffer what people bring upon us. Uh, um, and it may be nothing that we have done. You know, you, you suffer because your bank account goes down because people make bad decisions thousands of miles away from you. You suffer because of what someone else has done for you. You suffer because someone, you know, stole and someone, whatever they did. Uh, um, you pray to God, and it sounds like he's not going to hear you. You would think your prayers just hit the roof and came right back down. How come he's not listening? Um, 
and then even his response at times, you would say, I expected things to get better, and it seems like things are getting worse. And so, should you come to the conclusion that God is punishing you? The answer here with Job, whatever, is no. It's already here. You're right. It's already here. Is he bringing that? No. Um, he didn't bring it to Job either. But what does he do? He does want to help. And we always need to know that there are times in which God uh, um, and, and, uh, puts on a mask, if you will, as with to, to say, do you, know, do you know who I am? Yes, I know, even despite what I see in the whole world and what's going on, I know that you're still the one who's going to answer me. I know you're still going to help me. I know that you still love me. I know you are hearing my prayers. Um, and so we still ask for mercy. We still cry out to him. And uh, in the midst of all this, he, he helps. He strengthens. It was a what did you say? It is not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yesterday I was. Uh, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday, I was speaking with uh, uh, Vic and Marcia, and you know, with Vic's infection and all, they went over Friday, and and uh, I, they said, "Listen, your infection's not going to be healed." Um, you, know, you can continue to put this on it, and hopefully it will just hold it at bay, but it's not going to get better in this world. You know? And so what do we talk about? You know, this world is not the end. This world is not, you know, there's a lot of good things in this world. There's a lot of things we have to deal with. Um, but, but it's good to know that this is not the end. There is a better world. Um, uh, there is one that is perfect. Um, uh, until then, the Lord will bring us through. He'll bring us through perseverance. He'll give us character. He'll teach us like he teach, uh, taught the apostles. Um, he, he, he will uh, provide for us, and, and that is a great comfort. And this is a, a, a reminder to us um, concerning that, that we hear the word of God, that we trust in it, uh, and that we continue to to faithfully cry out to the one, even when our eyes see one thing, but uh, God's word tells us something else. We hold to God's word for what it has done. Questions? All right. Um, get out your yellow sheet. We'll have our prayers. Any special prayers this evening? Blue. You're pretty sure it's a pretty big age. <laughs> well, a happy birthday then. Thanks. <laughs> it seems like that. Okay. Someone else you know? Oh. Oh. Everybody's. Uh... <laughs> it's your anniversary. <laughs> All right, we'll give thanks for, uh, for those blessings uh, that the Lord gives. Please stand. 
Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, you shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Let my attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitfulness. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. You have tested my heart. You have restrained me in the night. You have tried me and have found nothing. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your path, that my footsteps may not slip. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my 
marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O oh, you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray. O God, our Heavenly Father, seeing that of ourselves we have no strength, Keep us both outwardly and inwardly, that we may be defended from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us as we go through sufferings and trials, afflictions. Uh, we ask that you would continue to give us your word and strengthen our faith, uh, that we might cling to you and never lose sight that you are a loving God uh, wishing to shower your blessings upon us. We thank you also this evening, especially for the blessings of a, a birthday with Stephen and Dan and also for anniversary with Kim and Brian. Uh, and we ask that you would uh, continue uh, to give them uh, good years. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The last or final petition. O Lord and lover of men, cause the pure light of thy divine knowledge to shine forth in our hearts and open the eyes of our understanding that we may comprehend the precepts of thy gospel Plant in us also the fear of thy blessed commandments, that we, trampling upon all carnal lusts, may seek a heavenly citizenship, both saying and doing always such things as shall well please thee. For thou art the illumination of our souls and bodies, Christ our God, and to thee we ascribe glory and praise, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.